You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramam Peshemesh Israel 5769-2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Balak. In this week's Parsha we have the story of Balak and Bilam. Balak was the king of Moab, deathly afraid of the Jewish people. God was on their side and they were coming, they were heading in his direction. So what did he do? He hires Bilam, who was an evil prophet. He hired him to curse the Jewish people. And the Torah tells us that Bilam was asked by the messengers of Balak if he would come to curse the Jewish people. And that night he goes to sleep and he has a dream. And in his dream he sees God and God says to him, you shouldn't go with them. You can't curse the Jewish people. And this scenario repeats itself when Balak sends more messengers. And again, Hashem says to him, you're not to curse the Jewish people. You can't curse them because they are blessed. Despite this conversation that Bilam has with God, Bilam goes with these messengers it seems that God acquiesced to some extent. It's not exactly clear. We'll try to understand this soon. He goes with them. He's riding on his donkey. And this is the famous story of Bilam and the donkey. And he's riding along. And there's a malach, an angel with a sword outstretched in his hand. Bilam does not see this angel. Nevertheless, the donkey is aware of the angel. And the donkey does not want to continue on the path that he's going. And three times, the donkey veers off the path, smashes Bilam's leg into the wall. And every time, Bilaam just hits the animal. And finally, God opens the mouth of this animal. The animal begins to speak, and he says to him, Why are you hitting me? And Bilaam says, Why are you hitting me? Because you're not moving forward. And the, and the donkey says, Haven't I always been faithful to you? Don't you know that I've always been faithful to you? And Bilaam says, Of course you have. Just then, Bilaam's eyes are opened, and he's able to see that indeed there's an angel standing there. And he realized that he sinned because he was striking the animal. It was inappropriate for him to strike this animal because the animal was doing the right thing. The angel was in his way. And Bilaam says to the angel, So you don't want me to go? Is that what's going on? And the angel says, No, you can go. And indeed, Bilaam continues on his way. He meets Balak. He goes three different times. He tries to curse out the Jewish people. Each time he does not meet with success, but rather God places into his mouth words of blessings and positive statements about the Jewish people. And each time Balak gets very upset, I hire you to curse out the Jewish people and what are you doing? All you're doing is giving them blessings. And Bilaam repeats the same refrain, I can't say anything unless God allows me to say it. And God only allows me to bless the Jewish people. Very interestingly, after the third time that Bilaam blesses the Jewish people indeed, so he actually starts to speak what's going to be in the end of days. And he says different prophecies about the end of days. And then after that, basically the story seems to end. However, the Torah continues with a different story that seems unrelated, but in truth, it is quite related. It's very importantly related. And the Torah tells us how the Jewish people ended up sinning with the daughters of Moab, with the daughters of Midian. And it created a horrible plague that came upon the Jewish people. And there was a certain person from the tribe of Shimon, and he had illicit relations with one of the women from the Midianites. And this was against the Torah, of course, because a Jewish person is not permitted to marry a non-Jewish person before they've converted to Judaism. So this was not permitted. Nevertheless, he went ahead and he did this. And so Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, the grandson of Aaron HaKohen, when he saw what was being done, this crime that was being perpetrated, so he asked Moshe what to do. And Moshe told him that the halacha, the law is that indeed, person who's doing this, so it's permitted to kill such a person. And that's what ended up happening. And indeed, Pinchas did that, and he killed him. And the Torah says that the plague that was affecting the entire Jewish people was stopped because of the actions of Pinchas, these righteous actions. Now let's go through the different points in the story, and we'll see that there's a lot that needs explanation, and with Hashem's help we'll be able to tie the different points together, and we'll see that they're all rooted in the same point. 
The first thing that we have is that we see that this person, Bilaam, he was an evil prophet. He was an evil person. That's how our sages describe him. But if we look at the verses themselves, it's very difficult because he doesn't seem to be so bad. I mean, what does he do? The entire time he's saying, I can't say anything unless God allows me to say anything. I can't say any curses unless God allows me to say curses. If there are blessings, that's what I'm going to say. It doesn't depend on you. Give me all the money in the world. It's not going to get me to say a curse if God wants there to be a blessing. That sounds like a very nice thing. What's the understanding? How do we see, or which point was the evil trait of Bilaam that made him to be evil? It's very interesting because our sages actually tell us that until this point, this man Bilaam, so in Yehoshua and Joshua, the beginning of Joshua, it speaks about the fact that Bilaam ended up getting killed. It refers to him as Bilaam HaKaisim, Bilaam the magician. It doesn't even refer to him as a Navi, as a prophet. In fact, our sages tell us that no, he wasn't really a prophet. It was only a very unique situation. This whole story in the Torah doesn't describe what he usually was doing. He usually was a magician, perhaps he could see things in the stars, perhaps he had the ability to alter nature with his magical powers, but ordinarily he would not have any visions of God. This was something that was specially done in honor of the Jewish people, and that's why he had these revelations, but this is a one-time event. This point is also something that needs explanation, because where did our sages see from the Torah itself that, indeed, Bilaam had never had any kind of relationship with God, he had never spoken to God before? The way he speaks, it almost sounds like this was something that was natural to him. So how do we understand this? Another point that's interesting that our sages tell us, they explain how is it that we see that he was someone who was evil. And the answer is that we see that Bilaam, what was he trying to do? God says to him, you cannot do anything, you can't curse the Jewish people. I say that they're blessed, you can't curse them. And indeed, Bilaam repeats this refrain as we mentioned. Nevertheless, say our sages, Bilaam continued to go to Balak because he thought perhaps I'll be able to find a time. Perhaps I'll be able to get to that moment in time where God is angry at the Jewish people for whatever reason. And this way I'll actually be able to curse the Jewish people. That was the evil of Bilaam. The question here again is, where did our sages see this in the Torah? So, I mean, on a surface level, we can say that it was obvious from the fact that God tells him not to go. God says, don't go with these people. Nevertheless, you know, he turns around, he asks God again, he says, can I go? And this time he says, okay. And then when the Malach comes and tries to stop him again, he says, can I go? It seems to be clear that God doesn't really want him to go. But as we know, our sages teach us that the, when a person wants to do something that's evil, so God allows him to do that evil thing. And this is actually something that preserves free will. In order to have Bechira, so God has to allow you to do something that's evil. So, but I'd like to have a deeper understanding. Where do we see in Bilaam's nature, perhaps, that indeed this was who he was? He represented somebody who was always trying to get around the rule to try to find a time when God would be angry at the Jewish people. Where do we see that in his character itself? Another interesting thing that needs explanation is that we see that there's a very unusual miracle that occurs during this story. And that is that as Bilaam is on his way to go meet Balak to try to curse the Jewish people, what happens? So this Malach, this angel stands in front of him, tries to stop him from going to curse the Jewish people. What happens? Only his Asoin, his donkey, is able to actually see that there's an angel there. That's what happens at first. Bilaam doesn't understand why his animal is going off of the path. He keeps striking his animal three times. Finally, he's able to see. And But what happens before he's even able to see? The animal, Hashem makes a miracle, and the animal starts to talk. This animal, this donkey speaks. There was never an animal from the beginning of creation till the end of creation that spoke. Nevertheless, over here, this animal speaks. Why was it important for this miracle, an unbelievable miracle, an animal speaking? Why was it important that this be the miracle that occurs to Abilam to teach him his lesson? What's the understanding of this? 
Another interesting point is that we see that Bilm speaks four times. The first three times he speaks about the Jewish people, he says their praises, he's talking about them at the current time. However, the fourth time that he speaks about the Jewish people, all of a sudden he starts to talk about what's going to be in the end of days, in the Acharis Hayamim. And it's a little bit funny, why is he all of a sudden speaking about what's going to be in the future? And he doesn't just skip to like a few hundred years from now, but rather he starts talking about a time that's far, far into the future, many thousands of years later. What's the understanding? Why is he doing that? The last point that I'd like to make is that we see in the story of the daughters of Midian and Moab where they come and they try to cause the Jewish people to sin. So very interestingly, our sages tell us that this was actually the advice of Bilaam to Balak. Bilaam says to Balak, you want to ensnare the Jewish people, you want to curse them, you can't curse them if God is happy with them. However, you can get them if you cause them to sin because God hates Zima, He hates illicit relations. And therefore, if you can cause them to have relations with people who are inappropriate for them, you send your daughters, you send the daughters of Midian, so then you'll be able to get God upset at the Jewish people and thereby accomplish what you'd like to accomplish. Indeed, Balak took this advice and that's the continuation of the second story. Now, what's interesting here is that we see that this prince of Shimon, the prince of the tribe of Shimon, so he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, what's the problem? I'm going to have relations, I'm going to marry this woman who's from Midian. Your wife, Moshe, Moses, where is she from? She's the daughter of Jethro, of Yisro. She's from Midian. Moshe, you are married to a Midianite woman. What is the problem if I do it? Despite the fact that it would seem that indeed this prince had a very powerful claim, nevertheless he was wrong, and Pinchas was correct for killing him, and by killing him, it stopped the plague that was afflicting the Jewish people. 24,000 people died. So the question is, what was wrong with what he said? Why was he indeed incorrect, and how does it connect in to the concept of Bilaam and the whole story that preceded this one? If we look at all the questions that we've asked, I believe that there's a picture that begins to coalesce and take on a form. And that picture, the explanation that we're going to have for all the questions, is actually contained in Bilaam's name itself. How so? So if we look at Bilaam's name, it's very interesting. The letters are Beis Lamed Ayin Mem, which can be read as Bilaam, but it can also be read slightly differently. It can be read as Bola Mem, which means to swallow 40. What does that mean? So previously we've explained the concept of 40. And the concept of 40 is the concept of development, taking something which is embryonic, taking something which is at its first stages and developing it. That's the concept of 40. We know that it's 40 days from the time that a child is conceived until the structure of the child begins to take on its form, and you can tell if the sex is male or female. This is just one indicator of the fact that the concept of 40 has to do with the concept of developing something. But when we say that Bilam is Bolamem, he swallows up 40, that means that he's somebody who doesn't realize the significance of development, of incremental development, of taking something, working with it, and getting it to a stage where potential is actualized. He doesn't have this idea. What does he do? He always wants to jump to the end. He always wants things to be in their final stages without any development, without any effort. How do we see this? We see this at every stage. At the very beginning of the story already, we see that Bilaam is asking permission from God if he can go to curse out the Jewish people. God says, no, you can't do that. All you can do is bless them. Nevertheless, our sages tell us that he was conniving. Inside of his mind, he was thinking, maybe I can get God at the right moment when he's angry at the Jewish people and I can curse them anyway.
He's trying to bypass any kind of development that would get him, perhaps, to be able to curse the Jewish people by trying to tap in straight into the end, into a point where God is already angry and therefore he would be able to curse them. He's going for the gold, so to speak, without making any effort, without training. This is also something that's expressed by our sages when they say that he was a Kosame. This guy, Bilaam, was just a magician. He never spoke to God before in his life. This was a one-time event just for the honor of the Jewish people. That represents the fact that he skips the process. He skips the work that's involved in becoming a prophet. And he goes straight for the gold. He's the Bolamem. He swallows up the process. This is also something that's hinted to in the interaction between Bilaam and his donkey. What happens? A donkey is able to sense an angel even before a human being can sense an angel. That's an unbelievable thing. All the commentaries say how the donkey did not actually see the angel because that's impossible. A donkey cannot see such a thing. Only a human being who's on a very exalted level could possibly, if he's able, if he's zoch, if he merits, he can be able to see such an angel. Animal can't. But the fact was that an animal was able to sense that, even though Bilaam himself couldn't sense that. What was the message for Bilaam? The message for Bilaam is, you are trying to bypass, you're trying to go straight for the gold, your animal is going to see something before you will. There's no process when it comes to an animal seeing something. An animal can't process, he can't get to that level. Nevertheless, he's going to shoot straight for the gold. He is able to sense the angel. That's number one. Number two, what happens, the animal begins begins to speak. The speaking, the faculty of speech, represents a tremendous amount of development in the human being. So before a person speaks, there's a tremendous amount that goes into his speech. If a person is speaking, it shows that there was thought behind the speech. But this animal, there was no development. Animals can't think. This animal didn't think. It just spoke and said, why are you hitting me? But the fact that the animal could speak represented that there was a certain amount of development that was being skipped. That was the message to Bilaam. You are trying to curse the Jewish people. You're trying to bypass all of the stages to go straight into a curse. You're missing something here. You're missing that development. Saying this in a slightly more refined way, we could say that the concept of speech, of being able to express oneself, has to do with the concept of 40 very much that Bilaam is coming to swallow up. How so? Because the concept of speech we see actually is very related to the woman. We know that women have a much stronger capacity for speech, for communication than men. And that has to do with the fact that the woman is the one who has the development. She's the one who's developing. She's the place where a child is conceived and develops through these 40 levels, these 40 stages of development. And she also has a capacity of speech. Speech corresponds to the number 40 as well. But again, speech is something that requires development. It needs to be worked towards. The fact that an animal can speak shows that there's something missing in the development. You're going straight for the final product without putting in the requisite effort to actually get there. That was the message that Bilam was supposed to get. This, I believe, is also why Bilaam, in his four prophecies, in his four statements, so the first three about praises, the current praises of the Jewish people, but the fourth one skips straight to the end. It goes all the way to the Acher Sayyamim, to the end of days. He's speaking about the end of days. How did he get to the end of days? Because that's the concept of Bilaam. Bilaam is Bolamem. He swallows up the process. He goes straight to the end. And this point also explains the story of that prince of the tribe of Shimon. He says to Moshe, to Moses, What do you mean? You have a problem with me having relations, marrying a Midianite woman? What's the problem? You did it yourself. 
What's the answer to that question? The answer is there's a big difference between when Moshe did it and when this prince was doing it. What's the difference? Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, he came to whom? To Jethro. Yisro was somebody who had developed himself. He had tried out every single different avodazar, every single idolatry, and he chose that God is the only true God. There's only one God. He realized that on his own, and that's what he imparted to his daughters. They were people who saw development, reaching a stage of accepting God. And in fact, Moshe Rabbeinu, his wife and his children, they all became part of the Jewish people. This Midianite woman that the prince of the tribe of Shimon was trying to have relations or marry, she had not converted to Judaism. She had not become part of the Jewish people. She hadn't gone through the process. And he was just trying to bypass the process. That was the problem. And that's why Pinchas had to come along in order to stop the plague. He had to put an end to this misguided outlook that came from Bilaam. And once that was brought to an end, the Jewish people no longer died. So it's an incredibly powerful lesson for us because so many times, especially in our Western culture where we need everything to be instant, we need everything to be right away, we want to be able to become developed and we want to understand all the secrets of creation all in one moment. We want it to be instantaneous, instant gratification. That's what we're after. We have to realize that that's Bilam, that's the Bola Mem, the one who swallows process. The most important thing in life is process because besides for getting you to where you really need to get to, but when you work for something, you earn that thing. That thing becomes a part of you. When you just jump and try to bypass all the necessary work that's really involved in trying to get you to a real accomplishment, so you don't really attain that accomplishment. It's a fraud. It's a fake. I want to bless you and me and all of us that God should help us to have those very lofty aspirations, but that we shouldn't skip all of the levels, all of the climbing that's involved in getting to that high place, because the climbing itself is what is actually the accomplishment. And Hashem should help us to be able to get through all the difficulties perhaps that might be involved in having true spiritual attainments. But we should really get there. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos.